What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Facade. I am your host, Gavin J. Gallagher, and on this podcast, I explore the mental and emotional game, often playing out subconsciously, both in your mind and the mind of everyone else in the real estate or property investment market. The key to success in this game is to master your mindset and behavior, to take control of your thoughts, your emotions, and most importantly, your ego. Welcome to the show. Guys, real quick before we begin, just want to ask you a quick favor. If you can, please stop what you're doing and leave a review for the podcast. Whatever platform you're listening in on, if you can give us a five star or whatever the highest rating is, it would be fantastic. And even better, if you found it useful in any way, please write that down on a very brief review if that's possible. It makes such a difference to how the podcast is received out there and pushed out on various platforms. That's all. Nothing else to ask. Now let's get on with the show. All right, guys, welcome back and welcome to episode number 150. This is a big uh, milestone. And uh, so I want to talk about something a little bit different this week. Well, maybe a little bit more than a little different. It's going to be quite a step aside from the usual real estate content. And uh, so I'd like you to stay listening, though, because I think it could be helpful. This What I want to talk about this week are the, the various systems I'm going to be diving into some of the systems that I work with and that I have kind of developed over the last couple of years that help me optimize my productivity, maximize my discipline, and overall kind of create a general health and well-being that sort of stands to me. And um, I don't know whether this is going to be of interest to you. Obviously, you guys can switch off if this doesn't sound uh, of interest. But the reason I want to talk about this is because like, what is it all about? Why do you come here to listen to this show? I presume it is to learn about property investment and real estate sector. And what is the purpose of that? Well, you want to learn how to become a better investor and you want to learn how to create wealth and you want to learn how to, let's say, live life on your own terms. Nobody wants to die the richest person in the graveyard. And so the idea, as far as I'm concerned, is I want to create freedom. It's not just to create money. It's to create freedom. And I'm not talking about simply financial freedom. I'm talking about freedom of time and I'm talking about freedom of purpose. Like what I want to be able to do, I want to be able to afford to do the things that I want, both financially and in terms of available time. And I also want to be able to go after the stuff that really matters to me and and that it holds particularly strong or deep meaning for me. That is what freedom means for me. And that is why I went after the real estate. It's not to accumulate money per se. It's, it's obviously necessary to have money, but money is not the answer because who wants to die the richest person in the graveyard? Certainly I do not. Now, so it is quite a departure from the usual topic, but I think it could be useful. And, um, uh, you know, let me know anyway what you think, whether or not this is a topic that you think I should steer away from next time, or whether it's something that you're interested in learning more about or hearing more along this line. So let's get into the show. Now, before I do, I want to give you guys a very quick, a very brief update as you were listening, if you were listening last week, you will know that I was away in Tenerife and I went away for a short break with my family and uh, it was absolutely fab. The winter here in Dublin has been pretty harsh, 
you know, bad weather, a lot of rain. And, uh, and then we had sort of the snow. Thankfully, I missed that. I was away. I was sitting by the pool with my kids uh, in 27, 28 degrees. It was just absolutely fantastic. And some of the things I was reflecting when I was away, I was reflecting on a lot of this kind of stuff. And I was thinking, you know what? Normally, I can be a bit kind of hard going on myself and I can say, got to push, 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 you know, drive myself. But having enjoyed that week off, I feel so recharged and so full of energy that I'm going to now schedule and I'm going to make non-negotiable. Um, and, and that's a word you're going to hear maybe a little bit more in this episode, but I am going to start making, you know, getting breaks away every two to three months absolutely non-negotiable and I'm going to schedule it in because the benefits are so huge when you come back you've got all this additional credit you know creativity you've got extra energy vitality all that kind of stuff and I think it was Stephen Covey Stephen Covey the author and he wrote the the seven habits of highly successful people and one of those habits was sharpen the saw and that is you know it's based on that old fable of the two guys cutting down a tree and one of them is a big burly guy who's like just using all his effort and the other guy is a small guy and he spends half the time sharpening the blade on his saw and then when he goes at it he beats the guy that was the big burly guy that just kind of got to it and so schedule breaks uh, make sure that you build that into your kind of your year your plan for the year because to me it has been, it's it just changed my whole outlook and it's made me far more productive. And that's what we're talking about today. Now, before I go any further, I want to give a quick shout out. I was shopping today uh, with my wife and family. We were looking for furniture for the new house and chap came up to me and introduced himself as a listener of the podcast, Chris Birmingham. Chris and his wife, Kelly, uh, they came over and said a few nice words about the podcast and stuff like that and just Really, really uh, grateful for you coming over, Chris. So wanted to give you a very quick shout out and um, and thanks for doing that. So the next thing I want to say is those of you who have been listening for a long time will have back in episode 109, which hard to believe is like nearly a year ago now, I had an int- I interviewed a chap called Mark Bryant. And Mark, the episode was called From Terminal to Triathlon. And Mark went through his kind of epic battle with cancer and he had a very, very bad diagnosis. He had a pretty, he was actually so bad, the diagnosis was so bad that the life insurance company gave him his uh, his life insurance payment. They actually paid out because it was so unlikely that he was going to survive. And he used that to actually um, work on getting healthy and getting better and stuff like that. Anyway, he did a big Ironman. He did the Cork Ironman here in Ireland. Big, big, long triathlon. Took like 13 hours or whatever. And a couple of weeks after that, he went in for his usual cancer test and he got uh, a pretty bad diagnosis, like a checkup. Normally it's like, yes, all clear. It was not all clear. And he started to wonder if maybe the the the, the triathlon event had been the reason that he went and took a step backwards. So anyway, it's been a pretty scary time from the last couple of months. He's been trying to kind of get himself back into the all clear. And he just, I heard today that he has got himself back in the all clear. So what a roller coaster ride, the poor guy. Um, your health, guys, your health is your wealth. Don't forget that. And it's something that I'm going to be talking about today. 
that's it for the um, updates. Now let's get into the main topic. So the systems that I use to maximize or to optimize my productivity, my discipline, and my wellness. And I'm going to start again with the saying that your health is your wealth. And by that, I mean, like, I cannot emphasize it enough. If you want to be more successful, if you want to be more productive, all of that comes from your health. The starting place is having a strong body and a strong mind. If you don't have that, then you're always going to be suboptimal. And suboptimal means that you're not delivering. Now, why am I so kind of fixated on this? Well, because first of all, I watched my own dad die at the age of 45. Health was not a priority for him. He had a bad, he had made bad choices over his lifetime. Um, his lifestyle was not particularly healthy. And so at the age of 45, I was there with him when he checked out at the uh, at Vincent's Hospital. Very, very sad. And um, so today I would consider myself pretty obsessed with my health and fitness. And it's because for many reasons, but one of them is I have five kids and I know what it's like to lose a parent and I would hate for that to happen to my kids. So, but it's not just that, okay? It's fitness impacts everything, okay? So from a business perspective, if you're fit, you're sharper mentally, you have, so you're making better decisions. You're also able to cope with stress better and you're, I find you're more creative. And, uh, and so all of that obviously helps, especially from, a, you know, in terms of marketing your business or whatever it is, coming up with creative ideas for this podcast, whatever it might be, it all helps. I usually pick up those ideas on a run or on a long walk. I did a 10 kilometer walk yesterday and it took me about an hour and 45 minutes. I was walked the entire distance, but just during that, listening to a podcast and at the same time, you know, thinking about my own stuff. The next thing is family. Obviously, I have a young family. My youngest is two years of age, Dominic. And when I turn, when he turns 21, I'm going to be turning 70. And like, <laughs> I do not like how that sounds, okay? And for those of you, those young people listening in, this might not seem very sort of obvious, but I remember when my dad died at 45, I was 21. And I can remember thinking, well, you know, dad is old at 45. That was my view, that dad is old. So it wasn't unusual, that unusual, that he was dead at 45. Now that I'm 50, I'm thinking, where did that go? That time just went by so quickly. And that is one of the things that I want to tell you all is that, you know, if you're 25 today, you will be 50 in a very short space of time. It doesn't seem like it on a day-to-day -day basis, but when you look back, it's like a blink of an eye. And it's very, very hard to kind of come to terms with that. I have an 18-year-old daughter. I can remember the day she was born like it was yesterday. And um, so what is the point? My two-year-old is, you know, he's going to want to do football. He's going to do all of these things. And I don't want to be that 70-year-old dad who is kind of like going around on a walking stick or something like that. I want to be participating in, you know, those football games that we play. I want to be participating. Maybe he wants to do triathlon. I'll, I'd like to be able to do that with him. And so now, admittedly, I probably take my health a lot more serious than the average person. But then again, I do have this different perspective given my dad died so young. One of the other reasons to be fit is because I want to live a long and fulfilling life. And I want to make an impact in the world. And I, in order for me to do that, I mean, you don't make an impact 
in a short space of time. This is the 150th episode. So I'm at this, you know, this is my fourth year at it. But if you think about it from the point of view of um, just impact, like I haven't even scratched the surface yet. Maybe if you're listening for a while, I've had an impact on you. But for me to have the greatest impact, I need to stack the odds in my favor. And by that, I mean, I want to be around for as long as possible, functioning you know, like the at the age that I am now, I want to be continue functioning at this same kind of performance level 20 years from now. I don't want to be the guy that, oh, I need to retire. I feel awful. At As of 2022, the average lifespan of an Irish male is 82.6 years. And so that would mean that if I live to the average lifespan, I will be, I have about 32 years to go. Now, that does not sound particularly great to me, considering I can remember, like my dad died almost 30 years ago now. And so like that is like yesterday in terms of my memory. And and so the thought that 30 years from now I could be on my deathbed, that scares the living Jesus out of me. And so what I want to do is stack the odds in my favor that I will live considerably longer than that. And I'm, and I'm, it might sound crazy when I say, it, but I, I want to be in my hundreds and I want to be healthy in my hundreds. Now, that's going to sound crazy, irrational and all that. But if you consider back in 1972, when I was born, the average age of an Irish male was 70 years of age. And in 1962, it was 68. And in 1952, it was 64. So every couple of, you know, every decade or so, they're adding years. And so 30 years from now, maybe 95 will be the average age. Who knows? But I certainly want to be, you know, uh, as I want to be as fit as possible um, for that duration. I don't want to be the guy that's kind of falling behind. Now, that's not supposed to be turning into a fitness podcast. But what I want to get my point is, is that if you want to be around into your, you know, getting older and stuff like that, you don't want to be one of these people that is, you know, in a wheelchair or, you know, because of old age and because your joints have failed or whatever, because of, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. And that's kind of, I know I've heard, I think it was Jocko Willing say it, use it or lose it. So you got to stay fit. You got to watch your weight. You've got to watch what you eat. What you consume is obviously very, very important. And not just in terms of food you put in your mouth, but what you put into your brain in terms of the content you're watching and you're consuming online. Um, your mental cognition is important, okay? I don't want to be around and uh, like for the fairies, you know, with dementia or something like that. So stack the odds in my favor. And this is all part of the optimizing my productivity. By doing all of these things, it helps me to stay maximum productive, uh, maximally productive. And uh, the main point is, though, is that at the end of the day, let's say you hit it big and you follow some of the, you know, some of the suggestions and, uh, you know, the, the strategies that I've suggested on this podcast and you make it big and you've got millions. Like who wants to have all these millions and then you're not able to enjoy it because you have poor health when you're older? That would be pretty bad. And so the idea for me is to have it all, to have the success but also the health to enjoy that success rather than being the guy who's highly successful but has the worst health and is in hospital all the time. Now, on, to on the topic of longevity, 
uh, and, and talking about living into your hundreds and stuff. If you think that sounds crazy, some of you who are following the internet might be aware of a guy called Brian Johnson. Now, Brian is a tech entrepreneur based in the US. And he, he's been very successful already. He's 47 now, but like 10 years ago, he sold his company for $800 million. So he's an incredibly wealthy man. And he's actually, if you're interested, he has done a couple of years ago, he did an interview with Tim Ferriss. And uh, he's kind of a, a techie, nerdy kind of a guy, but interesting. One of the reasons why he is has come back into my kind of um, radar lately is that he has started a thing called Blueprint. And what it is, is it's, it's its own personal longevity project is the best way of describing it. And what he's doing is he's using all of his resources, his very substantial resources, and he's spending about $150,000, $160,000 a month on reversing his aging. And it's actually working, which is fascinating to think. He is now 47, but he has managed in the last seven or eight months, he has managed to turn his, um, his biological age to 42. So he's shaved in the space of seven years, he's eliminated five years of, it, of his aging. And so chronologically 47, but biologically, all of the medical tests point to him only being 42. Now, obviously, 200 medical tests a year, like blood draws all the time. He's constantly being tested. And, you know, that's his kind of thing. I, I did say he's a techie kind of nerdy guy. But, and it's not for me. Obviously, I don't want to live like that, uh, like a human guinea pig. But what's really interesting to me is th what, what they call, uh, you know, escape velocity in aging. And so in to be able to as you as we get older and as technology changes, you know, and improves medical treatment and all that kind of stuff, we're reaching what's known as escape velocity when it comes to aging. And there is a point in the future when medical science will be able to postpone death um, for indefinite for indefinitely. As long as you don't walk out in front of a bus or something like that, you should be able to live uh, you know, decades longer than normal. And this is what they're all kind of working towards. And, and there is some incredible technology and some medical advances going on out there. And I've, I, I follow this kind of stuff, so that's why I'm aware of it. Now, as I mentioned, this is not really supposed to be turning into a, 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 you know, a health podcast. Really, the point that I'm making is that if you want to be super productive and if you want to use that productivity to get successful, then your mind and your body is the first place to start. If you don't have that under control, then you're suboptimal. Now, to get into my personal morning routine, I know I, I, I mentioned quite a few episodes back that um, I might do an episode on my morning routine. Well, here it is. I'm going to talk about what I do every day or certainly try to do every day. Like I'm not a robot, but this is, I'm pretty consistent. And one of my personal values is consistency and discipline. And I try to maintain that. Um, so day in, day out, I try to live by this. So what is it? Seven days a week, 5 a.m. wake up. And when I say 5 a.m., you know, I, I, there's days when I might drift into 6, 30, you know, 6 o'clock or 5.30, whatever, but I'm aiming to be up at 5 a.m. every single day. And in order to do that, though, I'm not going to cut short my sleep. So I do go to bed earlier than maybe a lot of people. I, I try to be in bed 
by 10 o'clock. I try to be asleep at the very latest by 10.30 so that I'm getting at least six and a half hours sleep. But really, optimally, you should be getting seven. And if you can, get eight. Now, as you get older, you don't, it seems to me anyway, from my perspective, you don't need as much sleep because I will naturally wake up after five, six hours. But when I was away in Tenerife and I didn't have work on me and all this, and we had very, very dark blinds in the room, I slept for eight and a half hours one day. And I can remember feeling incredible the next day and thinking to myself, yes, super important. Your, your, your sleep is part. And if anyone who is interested in, you know, working out and going to the gym and all this kind of stuff, one of the most important things in terms of your fitness is your recovery and your rest and having a good sleep is part of that system. You don't, you know, doing all of this crazy amounts of lifting and exercise and all that, you don't get the benefits unless you're actually going to get the sleep as well. So it's a combination of the two. Things like going to bed with your phone and scrolling TikTok or whatever it is, that is not going to work, okay? You say you're in bed, but really you can go on for half an hour scrolling with TikTok. Also, eating. Don't eat before, like I try to stop eating at 6 p.m. The idea is that when I'm going to bed, I've got no digestion going on because digestion is actually tiring you out because your system needs to actually be working while you're sleeping. Also, well, I gave up alcohol years and years ago now at this stage, but alcohol is, it's going to impact your sleep. So if you are, you know, a person who likes a couple of glasses of wine, and I used to be with that person, is it is going to give you a poor night's sleep or certainly a, you might feel like, you fell asleep very quickly, but you didn't have a quality sleep. And that's where all the research points to. Now, good sleep allows you to wake up feeling refreshed in the morning. And so what does that make possible? It makes a, a really solid exercise uh, session or you know workout or whatever possible. I have found in the past that um, I can get up and I can do incredibly hard workouts. I, I'm a, I, I have an app on my phone called Freeletics and Freeletics is this body weight thing where I do burpees and stuff. And if you've been listening long enough, you know that I, I've done like a thousand burpees in one session and things like that. This to me is only possible when you get a good night's sleep. If I get up in the morning, I, I wear a thing called an aura ring and the aura ring monitors your sleep patterns during the night. And so it's really, really interesting for me. I open up the phone and I can actually see the data. I can see how much REM sleep I got, how much deep sleep I got. And then it'll actually predict what's your readiness for exercise or for a workout that day. So it's it's really interesting. I'm, I'm into all that kind of data and stuff. Anyway, good sleep. You get up, you feel good, but it's more than just priming, okay? And so I'm going to get into some of the stuff that I do to prime my mind, okay? It's one thing doing all of the exercise and all that kind of stuff, but what you actually also want is to prime your mind. So how do I prime my body and mind in the morning time? Okay, I'll give you a, an idea of the various, the protocol, we'll say. What I do every day, and I'm now hundred and uh, 260 days into it. I haven't missed a single 10-minute meditation session in 262 days in a row, I think it is. So that's consistency for you. I use an app called Calm, and you put it on every single morning, there's a different meditation. And I put it on 10 minutes and then you're done. That's the first thing. I read a page of a book called The Daily Stoic. Now, it's a piece of Stoic wisdom or philosophy, but it's from people like Marcus Aurelius. Now, if you're not interested in this, you might glaze over at the moment. But this is the emperor of Rome 
2,000 years ago and it was his personal diary that he kept and every day you can read a piece of kind of wisdom from this guy who was ruling the world essentially 2,000 years ago and it's just fascinating to kind of listen to his thoughts and stuff so I read that on a daily basis and it's only a small passage like takes about you know one and a half minutes to read and then I'm done I have a thing called a five minute journal and I fill out the five minute journal. I have a, a, a version called the health or the fit, the fit version or whatever it's called. And it's focused on your health. So what am I going to do for my health today? It asks a couple of questions like that. And I just like to fill it out, how I'm feeling, what kind of a workout I'm going to do and that kind of thing. I also have another journal that I write more sort of deeply in. And what I like to do is I have a, on my phone, I have a notes app and on that I I keep what I call my values and identity. And this is a list of things, um, my values that I try to live by. And the the idea of that is just we all want to live a certain way. Like we want to be successful, blah, blah, blah. But what does it mean to you to be successful? Like how do you want to show up every day? And if you get up in the morning tired and groggy and stuff like that, it's easy to just roll into the day and let it hit you. Whereas if you go in primed and ready and you're like saying, okay, yes, I, uh, what do I stand for? I'm consistent. I'm disciplined. I'm highly organized, all that kind of stuff. If you get into that, then you start off on the right foot and it means you'll be making decisions from, a, from the right place. And at least you're reminding yourself of who you are or at least who you want to be. Now, there is a, um, the other thing is to remind yourself like your goals and what is your plan for the week. I like to try to organize my plan for the week and I like to just remind myself, okay, here is the priority. Now, there's a few other things that I do that I've added more recently. And the reason I added these is because I watched an episode on um, National Geographic called Limitless and it's with Chris Hemsworth. And for those of you who don't know, Chris Hemsworth is the actor who plays Thor in the Marvel sort of... um, a superhero sort of uh, franchise and he did a whole thing on longevity and how to increase your life and things like that it's really interesting so I've been implementing some of the things that he put in and one of them is shocking the system with cold water and so every day for months now I've been having an ice cold shower in the morning some people will dip into the sea and that's another way of doing it other people will have a cold plunge pool that's another way of doing it I go in, put the water to the absolute coldest and I turn it on and I give it a moment or two so that it's really cold and then I jump in and I don't jump in to get it over with in 10 seconds. I jump in and I do everything that you would normally do, you know, wash your hair, wash your body, whatever it is, all that stuff. And I take my time. Now it is uncomfortable, but that is the purpose of doing it. You want to do things that are uncomfortable and there's a thing called the flinch. I think I heard um, Matt Diavella, the YouTuber, talking about the flinch. And the flinch is where you go in and you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. And you're kind of like, will I put the water on my, you know, on my hand first and then I get a little bit more here. I don't do that. I just go straight in under the thing and I try to do it without any hesitation at all. Just zero flinch. The next thing is, and I've just been reading the book Wim Hof, the Wim Hof Method, when I was away in Tenerife, and I've implementing a thing called the breathing exercises. That is an interesting thing. It's really it's where you do this kind of deep breathing. 
funnily enough, it was also in the Chris Hemsworth show, Limitless. They talked about box breathing as a way to de-stress and stuff. There's another thing called grounding. Now, this is quite new. I've only just started doing this recently. But this is where you take off your shoes and your socks and you actually go out and stand in grass, mud, sand, whatever it is. you're, You're touching the earth itself. And there's all sorts of, you know, technical reasons why it's supposed to be good for you. I don't, I try to go approach these things with an open mind rather than becoming kind of like, oh, why the hell will I do that? That doesn't sound like, I just say, you know what? These guys that are influential and are kind of living their best life, they suggest that it's very, very good. So I'm going to try it. The next thing, and those of you who have watched um, Andrew Huberman, the Huberman lab, it's called on YouTube. He talks about early morning sunshine, and in particular, the the importance of vitamin D. Now, one of the problems we have here in Ireland and anyone living in the kind of northern hemisphere, so England, uh, parts of the US and stuff like that, we have got pretty crappy weather at this time of the year. And so when was the last time you saw direct sunlight? That is a problem. So I give I take vitamin D orally in the morning. I, I spray some stuff into my mouth. That's what you're doing. But it's far, far better to get direct sunlight early in the morning on your face, on your body, if you can. And so when I was away in Tenerife, I made sure I got the absolute most of that. And I was going out and I was taking off my shirt and getting, I don't want to get sunburned, but I want to get sun on my body. Another thing that I try to do every single day, it's not easy because it's quite, it takes quite a bit to do it, but I try to get 10,000 steps and I have my Apple watch here that records that. And yesterday I did the big long 10K walk So I recorded 16,000 steps. It was longer than usual. And I also try to close the rings. There's kind of like these rings for the amount of activity you did. And so I do that. Now, also, cognitively, my mind, I want to keep my mind sharp as well. So little habit that I have every morning is I take out the Rubik's Cube. Now, that might sound silly. I remember when when the Rubik's Cube first came out in the 80s, doing the Rubik's Cube, having no clue how to do it. Today, I can solve it in like two minutes. And so I'll get, I'll get my wife to mix it up and I'll fix it. And I'll fix it in usually about one and a half to two minutes. And so it's not, you know, who cares a Rubik's Cube, but actually it's kind of, it's mind muscle uh, memory. And so I just, I do it for that purpose. I also have on my phone, I have Sudoku. And those of you who, you know, you'll, you'll be familiar with the Sudoku puzzles. It looks like a bit like a, like a crossword puzzle, but with numbers on it. And so I try to do one of those puzzles every single day and I've become better and better and better to the point where I'm now doing expert level games. Now, they are really, really tough. It can take me up to an hour to do that. So I don't always have the time to do that. But when I was on the plane the other day, coming back from Tenerife, I did uh, did an expert level and it took me like an hour and 15 minutes or something. But it's, it's so rewarding when you figure out these incredibly difficult puzzles and stuff like that. And in terms of my daily habit, this is not so much my morning routine. I don't eat breakfast in the morning. What I have is I'll have a coffee and I'll have a multivitamin and then that's it and I'll drink water. And so I'll do my exercise in a fasted state. And the time that I finished food is usually around 6 p.m. the night before. So when I'm doing my workout, I'm usually 12, 13 hours into my fast. And um, I actually found, which is seems counterintuitive, but I have found that being fasted actually makes you stronger and fitter and like faster in the morning. And so that is an interesting thing that I've discovered that 
And I've also done long, I try to do once a week, I try to do a 36 hour fast. Now, if you've never done fasting, that's going to sound crazy, but it's actually not that difficult once you become familiar with it. I do every day, 18 hours. I stop eating at six and I don't eat again until midday the next day. And that is 18 hours. Now, when you do break your fast and you start eating, make sure you're eating good, healthy food because you know, it's no point in doing the big fast and then stuffing your mouth with pizza or something like that. After all of this, after, you know, this regime that I've implemented over the last couple of years, I have to say every morning I feel like a machine. I feel so full of energy. I've got a great day ahead of me, basically. And the productivity is off the charts when I manage to fit in all of this stuff. And, uh, and so it's especially when I get in a fasted state. What I've really found is that when I'm doing 36 hour fast, I feel like, uh, I mean, you feel like you just have everything on the tip of your tongue. It's like you're super wired um, when you're in a 36 hour fast and your brain becomes so fast because it's not processing any of your digestion system and all that, all your energy is in your brain. And, uh, and so it's super interesting. It, it might, might sound it might, it might sound particularly extreme if you're not used to doing this, but it's something that you can ease yourself into and just try it out and see. Maybe you'll find that it's improved. But I never suffer from the afternoon kind of lull uh, where you're feeling kind of groggy and stuff after lunch. Usually I feel really, really sharp. Now, finally, planning your day. Obviously, you're going to get st- started on your day. Um, like all of that that I've done, all the priming, that's before I lift a pen to do any work. And so what am I actually going to do when I start work? Well, it's important to have one priority for the day. And usually like if you have a bigger project that is, has to be done, say that week or that month or whatever, then the one priority that day might be a component or a task that will help you achieve the bigger project. But have one priority. And I know I'm guilty of this as well, but I often have to-do lists, big, long to-do lists with all this stuff. And the reality is, if you have a big, long to-do list, you have no priority. And so what's really important is that you identify what is the one thing that if I achieved this makes everything else, you know, easier or unnecessary. And that is a line from Atomic Habits by James Clear. Now, the other thing that I try to do, and this is you know, it, it may not be the priority, but if you go down through your list of things that you need to do, you might find what I call the frog, okay? That is the unpleasant uh, task that you've been putting off that you're procrastinating on. Why? Because it's unpleasant or because it's going to require a load of thinking and, you're, and you just, it's, it seems like a lot of work. That's when you say, okay, swallow the frog. That's the first task of the day because if you can get that unpleasant, unnecessary, not unnecessary, but it's an, it's an important task, but it's something that you're kind of avoiding. Get that onto your list and do that first, because as soon as that's done, the sense of relief is fantastic. Um, what else? Do you have any major goal or purpose? And that is something when I, when I, I try to have goals for the year or something, and then maybe an overarching, we'll say a purpose. And if you have an overarching purpose, something that you feel deeply about, that you care about, and that gives you energy just thinking about it, that should be what your priority of the day is getting you closer to. 
Do not start your day by opening your email. What you're doing there is you're opening your email and you're getting the agenda of everybody else, not your agenda. Your agenda, if you're planning on achieving some great thing at the end of the year or whatever, then your agenda should be something, maybe it's a small task or whatever, but that one thing that is a step in the direction of the bigger goal or the purpose. Anyway, guys, I could go on for hours about this. This is stuff that really, it's, I'm kind of taking you behind the curtain and stuff that really kind of drives me. Um, let me f know what you thought about this topic. Is it something that, you know, resonates or is it something that is of interest or should I just go back to real estate talk and, and stop kind of going off the, off the topic? Um, I'm interested to know because I've got other systems and things like that that I could talk about if you're interested, stuff about like finding your purpose, how to plan your year, all that. Let me know if that would be of interest. Um, if not, if you prefer me to stick to the uh, to the property investment stuff, let me know as well. I need your feedback to to know what kind of episodes to put out. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Behind the Facade. If you have any questions or topics you'd like me to cover in future episodes, please connect with me via the Facebook group that is called Behind the Facade Community. Alternatively, you will find me on social media. My handle is Gavin J. Gallagher. You can stay up to date with all of my content and the various projects I'm working on over on my website, GavinJGallagher.com. And while you're there, please do add your name to the join my tribe thing over on the right hand side this will ensure you're kept up to date via my weekly newsletter all of these links are in the show notes below that's all for now i will see you guys in the next episode